1: This is A's Cast Live, your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics.
0: Drive to deep center field, going back
4: Hernandez at the track, right to the wall, done Elvis Andrews!
1: And 29 other MLB clubs. High drive, deep left field,
3: and media left the building. Guerrero lifts one to left field, and...
5: Well, good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to A's Cast Live. For everybody listening on the stream, if you're watching on YouTube or A's Cast, happy 4th of July, one of the great days on the baseball calendar where we've got a home game. This is like the first time in like the last five years we have actually been at home, going to have a firework night, which is going to be absolutely spectacular. Uh, it's a beautiful day here in Oakland as it's the start of, of a three-game set against the Toronto Blue Jays, and then we're going to have three games against the Houston Astros. Remember, it's a very light schedule, July at home for the athletics. Great show for you today. One of the great voices of baseball and just in broadcasting in general Dan Shulman for years has done the Blue Jays. You also know him for all his work. Sunday night baseball for years on ESPN. All the college basketball, college football that he has done on ESPN. The great Dan Shulman is going to be here. Steven Piscotti will stop by the set here on A's Cast Live to talk about his return from the DL, what his expectations are for the rest of the season, and also Mark Appel, Former number one overall pick by the Houston Astros out of Stanford. Did make it and then has resurrected his career back with the Phillies. It's an amazing story. They were roommates. We will at Stanford. We'll talk to Stephen Piscotti about that. And then the TV face of the athletics, the great Glenn Kuiper, will be here at 4 o'clock. So, Dan Schulman at 315. Steven Biscotti, yeah, after BP-ish is what we like to say, which we have no idea. You can see BP. You can see everything that's going to be going on here on the field. That's the great part about doing A's Cast Live and putting it on YouTube, putting it on uh, Twitter. And if you're listening, you're going, I'd like to watch it, We'll just go to the A's YouTube page, and then you can check it out. It lives there. You can watch it anytime you want, or you go to our – our, uh, I should say it lives on our YouTube page. Did I say that? Yeah. yeah and then you go to Athletics Cast 24 and you can watch it there also on Twitter. So it depends where your social media, where you like to hang out. You hang out on YouTube. You hang out uh, on Twitter. You can find us there, and you can watch this, as it gives you a very unique view of what it is like. Nobody's in the stands right now. There's people out there tailgating for 4th of July. You get to see how the players train. we got the bullpens going down here with Scott Emerson. We've got players warming up, and we're moments away from the action that you'll start to see. And when we play any type of taped interviews, we'll show you the players actually taking BP. we got the Toronto Blue Jays are out here now. Uh, Matt Chapman has just spoke to the media. I believe he's actually speaking to the media right now. We're supposed to have Matt Chapman tomorrow here on Ace Cast Live will be interesting. Um, We're not going to give him the stat that the commander has come up with about our old friend Matt Chapman, which is um, a little telling, a little scary. I'm going to allow you to tell it because you came up with it. I mean, I'm going to allow you to be. I'm nothing but positive on our nation's Independence Day. Uh, You can be negative, Nancy. Well,
2: if you want to be positive, then let's start with the most positive thing you can start with on 4th of July. It's uh, number 15 for – Let me set this up. All right,
5: all right. I've heard a lot about, and we've talked a lot about, the greatest athletes in Bay Area sports history. To me, if we're going to talk about the greatest, you have to be from here. So, Willie Mays, you're out. Joe Montana, you're out. I almost, I'm ready to throw Ricky Henderson out. He wasn't born here. Grew up here, wasn't born here. But we are on Ricky Anderson Field, so we have to throw him in here because he came here, what, two years old or whatever? Yeah, two years old. So, Ricky, you just barely made it. But, you know, a lot of these guys we talk about, the great Jerry Rice, you're not in it. All those great Raiders, you're not in it. Warrior, Steph Curry's not from here. Clay Thompson's not from here. Rick Barry's not from here.
2: Draymond Green's not from here.
5: It's not Draymond's fault anyway. You Kevin know, everybody's Dur- still trying to blame him for I don't even know what. Future warrior Kevin Durant's not from here either. Kevin Durant rumors about wanting to come back to the Warriors. By the way, that is <laughs> – Six it, years ago today. If the NBA could be any more played out of the just petulant drama and just what these guys are really like. If, if you – I do not miss the covering the NBA at all. These guys, oh, my God. But, I mean, am I missing anybody? We talk about the greatest of all time. Uh, no, I think you got everyone. But you have Joe a- D. Joe DiMaggio. You were
2: a Yankee. And an ace coach, not a player.
5: I mean, you talk about the greatest athlete in the history of Bay Area sports. Johnny Miller, you're not in here with your two uh, two championships. Your U.S. Open and your Open Championship. Now I'm just. I know I'm leaving some people out because I've done this on Talk Radio before. We are giving you the greatest Bay Area athlete of all time it's undeniable and yes he is a san jose state spartan hit it
2: down but for now george takes us home with joey chestnut
6: wounded but very much alive joey with another title
3: holds in that last one how many the final dogs get counted up
4: wash it down Joey Chestnut unofficially, 63 hot dogs and bun.
3: That's
1: it. Winner
4: by 20.
5: Title number 15 for the greatest eater of all time. The greatest competitive eater, the greatest Bay Area athlete, and a San Jose State Spartan did America proud. He brought home the hot dog eating contest championship, the mustard belt, as they like to call it, Uh, Truly, the biggest event on the 4th of July in professional sports. And Joey Jaws is your champion. I'm just disappointed that 63 is a ho hum effort. I know Joey Chestnut. I will try and get him on the program. Yeah, front of the program. We've had him on a couple years ago. I've actually had beers with him before. Um, This is not, I mean, this was a pedestrian. I know he had the bad knee coming in, he was playing hurt today for our country. But 63, what's his record like, 70-something? I
2: want to say 76 might be his record. I didn't look it up, but I know it's in the 70s, high 70s. So
5: he basically just cruised through this today. This was like no competition whatsoever.
2: Not at all. I mean, 63 hot dogs, 1 by 20. He also fought off a protester on the stage mid-hot dog eating That is the
5: greatness of Joey Chestnut, that he can take on protesters. He can take on non-Americans. He can take on Americans. He is one of the great Americans in Fourth of July history, Joey Chestnut. I mean, he just walked up on me. Pick up the mic. Let's go. You scared me. When the greatness that is Ken Korak shows up.
0: You said I had like a standing invitation. All right, I think and I figured on July 4th, what better day to spend some time with you on your show?
5: When I think of America and Ken Korak, I think of July 4th.
0: You know, July 4th means a lot in baseball. And I think you and I have talked about this, especially in the minor leagues. It's a huge Where day. if you get a really good crowd, that is such a big thing in the minor leagues. And when I started in A-ball up in Roner Park and you'd have a fireworks show after the game, people would flock to the ballpark. So that's a big thing. So... It's uh, the tapestry is kind of woven together.
5: And I think also, too, where people don't do fireworks shows like they used to. I just remember growing up, you know, and I remember not that long ago when my kids were young, like in San Jose, there were different spots in the city to go watch fireworks. We don't really have that as much as we used to. So a place that you can guarantee you have fireworks tonight here in the Bay Area is right here at the Coliseum.
0: And it's always been the best around, too. And it's unique in that people can go on the field and watch the fireworks from there, Chris. Now, this is a little unusual for us to literally be having fireworks on July 4th. Yeah. Oftentimes, it's been on the 3rd, right? Yes. We were kind of joking about the traditional July 3rd fireworks at the Coliseum. But, of course, we were in Seattle yesterday, and here we are on the 4th with yeah, the Blue Jays. And they celebrated uh, Canada Day on Friday. They had 44,000 people at the Rogers Center on Friday for their game against Tampa Bay.
5: Yeah, I was watching. I saw they aired a couple of their games against the Rays because there were big games in the ALE. So preparing for our game, I was watching those games, and they come in here not thrilled because the Rays, who have been struggling, Got their groove back there at the Rogers Center against uh, Toronto. And,
0: you know the Blue Jays won the first two games of that series, and then Tampa Bay won the last three. They literally knocked Kevin Gosman out of the game in the doubleheader on Saturday with a line drive off his ankle. He went just two innings. I know you have Dan Schulman coming yes. up here in a second, and he can give you a, a much better rundown on their club. A
5: Blue Jay rundown. But
0: I love their. I really like watching their guys play because they have they have young stars. They're fun to watch. So. Um, Uh, It's going to be a good matchup these next three days here.
5: Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, we've talked so much, and we've talked with Dan about this as he's waiting in the wings here about, you know, when these guys start to grow up, the terrific athletes that they have; these guys are budding stars. You know, absolutely, you're going you're to see quite a few of them in LA at Dodger Stadium. They're growing up, and the names, you know, from their fathers. Remember, I, I just watching watching the games over the weekend on MLB Network. They had the uh, Guerrero bobblehead, dad and son, and, pretty cool. So and dad was there. Yeah, for I guess throughout a couple the first of games. pitch,
0: right? So, yeah, it's cool. So I'll defer to Mr. Dan Schulman. It's one of my, I mean, f- my we're, favorite, we're getting, we're getting of my favorite people in the game here, back man. Back-to-back
5: great voices of the game here, and Dan Schulman you know, and the great you Ken Korak. bellish
0: a little bit, man.
5: Well, I'll goodness. talk to you at
0: uh, 5 Cent.
5: You know, it's like you guys are going to be here for a hot minute and back on the road again.
0: That's true, and I'm actually going on this trip. You is, are making the which trip. Which is a headline, where, right?
5: <laughs> wait, where is the trip? <laughs> Texas. Oh, wow. You're doing that trip? I am. Oh, you got to go see your swing coach. That's what it is. <laughs> I see, I know. See, I, I thought know, about Ken, that. But that's, I know Ken Korak. That's
0: a good idea. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, I think uh, I'll have to arrange that, man.
5: All right, well, we'll have you back uh, okay, real buddy. soon.
0: Sounds good, buddy. The
5: great Ken Korak here on a 4th of July as we're getting you ready for the A's and the Blue Jays. Dan Schulman, who we're going to have on here as he's been a good friend of the program for many years, coming on, uh, does a great job. Not only on ESPN, and we mention all the time on college basketball, college football, uh, longtime voice of Sunday Night Baseball now doing the Toronto Blue Jays as, yeah, the Blue Jays come in here as a very interesting story. The whole AL East is an interesting story when you think about it. And come on now, because we're now on video. We're now doing this Oh, where thing. am I? Okay, there we are. We're now doing it good on YouTube. I dressed
3: for it. We're on YouTube. We're on <laughs> really? Twitter.
5: We're just not streaming anymore. We've nice. graduated really Oh Well, congrats. Congrats. How are you?
3: I'm good. I'm good. It's great to be here. I have not been here. I think the last time I was here was the wild card game. What year was that when Mania pitched against the Rays? Is that right? 19, 19? Right? 19? 2019.
2: Yeah. 19. Yeah. I think yeah.
3: it's the last time I've been here. So we're just glad to be anywhere. We didn't do traveling we didn't travel at all for two years right because of the border thing so we're glad to be everywhere these days
5: yeah and and i remember when we were talking to you on ace cast live about you know for you just to leave canada to go do your work that you do for espn then you'd have to go back home and you had to quarantine for 14 days life has been so different for you guys north of the border and we're still talking about teams that go in with unvaccinated players can't play
3: though yeah the unvaccinated guys are not crossing the border uh, are not coming to Toronto I mean there is and nobody knows this there is a law about in the U.S. about that as well that if you're not an American citizen and if you're not vaccinated you can't come to the U.S. so Vladdy and Guriel and Teoscar they wouldn't be able to do it if they weren't vaccinated so the the law actually goes both ways yeah. but everybody's focusing on the players who aren't coming to Canada so the Blue Jay for the Blue Jays listen it's not it's an it's a federal law. It's got nothing to do with them, and and you know for two years they were at a significant disadvantage, being nomads. You know, going moving around, not having a home. So, and and they can't sign or trade for unvaccinated players. They can't have anything to do with those players because they wouldn't be able to play in Canada, obviously, uh, right? So thought about that. So yeah, everybody thinks about it just on one side. So, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, we don't even talk about it that much anymore. Like we know, whenever any team comes, they. I would say some teams have not had any unvaccinated. Other, I think the peak was four. I can't remember what the A's had. It was so long ago now. It was three or four. I think yeah, there's the three. A's. Yeah, three. Yeah, so the peak was four. Um, it's one of those, it is what it is, you know. So it, there's still a pandemic going on. And, and I mean, our, our borders are, if you're vaccinated, the border's totally open. You can go back and forth, do whatever you want. Um, but if you're unvaccinated, there are still some issues going both ways. So.
5: I mean, you bring up a major point, which obviously, as you said, we're over here in America not thinking about it. But you're trying to win a World Series. You could have a guy that you've pinpointed and you say, I want that guy, or there could be guys trading – inside the organization if they're not vaccinated yeah. they're no good to you they're no good to us i mean that's the start of the conversation between gm right
3: and- well i will tell you this kirby sneed is an oakland a he's not a toronto blue jay anymore like yeah. it's not a coincidence he was in the trade so he couldn't be a toronto blue jay this year he was one of the guys who did not come to toronto in april because um because he's not vaccinated but to me even it's interesting from a yankee red Sox, Rays point of view like, what if the Red Sox are in Toronto for a playoff series in October? What if the Rays are in Toronto for a playoff series wow. in October? Because the wild card round now is a two out of three, but all of the games are in the ballpark of the higher seed. So for the Red Sox, for example, again, I don't want to make too big a deal out of it, but I'm just answering the questions you're, you're asking. No, the, it is a big deal yeah. because the
5: Red Sox, if I remember correctly, reading in the old notes, yeah. They had multiple relievers that couldn't come to the series.
3: Tanner Houck was not there, and Jaron Duran, their center fielder, was not there. Cutter Crawford was not there, but I think he's on the IL. He's uh, he's come off the IL, and I believe it has been reported, Chris Sale, who's not yet on the active roster but will be, that he's not vaccinated. Oh, boy. um, Seattle, Robbie Ray. I, I was on Twitter like three weeks before Seattle came to Toronto, and I saw Robbie Ray posing for a picture with the Cy Young Award, and I went, Well, that's odd. Why wouldn't he get the Cy Young Award in Toronto? Because they're coming here when he won the Cy Young Award. And then I said, he ain't vaccinated, and he didn't come. Um, Now, if you're a starting pitcher, you can manipulate it a little bit, move a guy around so he misses the series. But for a playoff series, obviously you can't do that. But again, the Blue Jays, not that they're distancing themselves from it, but... They're playing by the rules that are in place, just like they played by the rules that were in place the last two years when they had to play games in Dunedin and Buffalo. They were, there's no question they were at a competitive disadvantage the last two years. And, listen, obviously they're at a bit of an advantage this year if Tanner Houck and Jaron Duran and Chris Sale aren't coming to Toronto. But, uh, you know, again, they're worrying about them, about their team, and just trying to play the best baseball they can play.
5: So. You know, your voice is so iconic – and I know you downplay it, but you know, for us people have been in sports stock for a long time. We've played your highlights for so long. And, <laughs> You're making me sound old here. And, and well, I've been, <laughs> I've been in the business a long time. I'm myself. oldish. I'm
3: not quite old, so but, but yeah. <laughs> but
5: I think about it. You know, your time at ESPN, not only your time with the Blue Jays, and I just think about like. You know, there are nights when we get done. I mean, you guys are way done, and I'll get done, and I go in, and I have my studio at home, yeah. and, and I'm just sitting there, and I'm watching quick pitch, and and I'll be doing whatever, and boom, your voice comes up as yeah. they're doing the highlights. I mean – just what does that mean to you is all your work that you do have one of just your voice is so recognizable that our fans, even here on the West Coast, they know he is.
3: So honestly, I never, ever, ever think about it. I, I just, this is what I do. And the fact, you know, I get that I've worked for ESPN. So whether you're in Oakland or Seattle or Miami or New York, you know, whether it's baseball or college basketball, like I've been out there. But I, I don't, it's it's just my, it's my job. It's what I do. I go and I call the game and then wherever that goes after that, um, is a different thing. But it, it's funny. Sometimes, you know, there are people in the U.S. who only know me for baseball. There are people in the U.S. who only know me for basketball, yeah. which to me is kind of funny. Um, the, there are people in Toronto. So I started my career in Toronto. Then I went full-time to ESPN, and then I came back. I was gone, quote, gone, about 15 years. So a lot of people in Toronto have no idea. I, I come back, and it's like, who's this American guy coming to do Blue Jay games? <laughs> And I'm like, ask your dad. He'll tell you who I am, you know? So, yeah. Um, so, but I, I don't get caught up in all that. You know, everybody everybody knows who they know. They follow who they follow. They watch what they watch. But um, I, I've been really, really lucky. Like, between baseball and college basketball, two sports I just love, you know, to have the experiences that I've had have been – it's it's really been a great ride.
5: Because the reality is the college basketball crowd is far different from the baseball oh, crowd.
3: Yeah. Oh, yeah. A- in different parts of the country, like in Indiana – I'm a basketball guy, but yeah. in I, I don't know, pick a city, maybe for the for the uh, in St. Louis, right? Because I did back in those days in my ESPN days doing baseball for them, did a zillion Cardinal games. I'd be a baseball guy. So, but uh, again, I, I don't I got enough to worry about without focusing on how I'm viewed or who you know that kind of stuff. So I just uh, I, I like going to the ballpark or going to the arena, punch the clock, do the game, go home, lay low. Rinse, repeat. Just do it again. <laughs> the, the,
5: the national holidays are big in yeah. our sport, and I was watching your guys' game against the Rays on Canada Day. You were on MLB Network. Uh, oh, really? They
3: they showed us. I didn't even know that they showed yeah, us on. They ML-
5: showed. I watched two of getting ready for our game. Yeah. I'll sit there and watch MLB Network. You had you guys had first game of the doubleheader yep. on Saturday, was it? Was it
3: Saturday? Well, Canada Day was Friday. Was Friday. That game was on. And I
5: want to say the first game of your double. was Well, that's good
3: because we – it seems to us whenever – not whenever. Yeah, kind of whenever. uh, Our game is on MLB Network. It always seems like they use the other carrier, like there's some – don't use the Canadian show kind of thing, uh, so I'm glad to hear we were well, on. That's how I, I didn't even know we were on. That's so. the only
5: reason why I okay, knew good. that there was good, the good. Uh, the Guerrero bobblehead. It was the your, Vlad and Dad. Yeah, that's right. Oh, so you broadcast. heard me promoting the hell
3: out of that? Yes, yeah. yeah, I was there. <laughs> there were people. So that game Saturday, the first game started at noon Toronto time. At eight a.m., there were thousands of people lined up because they they were giving away fifteen thousand of those. But they were going to get a crowd of forty thousand, so wow. that means twenty-five thousand unhappy people. So uh, I got down there noon game. I got down there 8, 30, 8, 45 and I mean it was lined up around the ballpark. So obviously, Vlad Junior is a huge deal. Vlad Senior played for Montreal, and that's that's a thing in Toronto. It's still Canada. They wear the same number. They have the same name. Senior was in the ballpark. He threw out the first pitch. Junior caught it. It was a good vibes day. It You know, it was really, it was really fun. So, um, yeah, our fans love bobbleheads. And this uh, the Vlad and Dad one, I think, is the most popular one we've ever
5: had. So, when you think of the holidays, Canada Day, now Fourth of July, yep. baseball – Just what does it mean as a broadcaster being on and knowing that these days mean so much to these countries? Right. So
3: Canada Day is huge. The Blue Jays wear red. Everything in the ballpark is red. All the graphics and everything is red. I think the CN Tower is lit up red. And we we really dig Canada Day there. Like Canadians are not all that good at saying, hey, look at us. That's not kind of our style. But (laughs) but Canada Day, we kind of let it go a little bit, you know, and and, uh, listen, no country is perfect, but. Um, I think most Canadians love Canada and, and, and I'm one of them and love being from Canada and um, we kind of blow it out that day pretty good, and it, it, it was really fun. And and on Canada Day the day before, the giveaway was a red Springer Blue Jay jersey, so there were, everybody was wearing red in the ballpark. And then 4th of July, whether it's for the Blue Jays, but more for ESPN. I've done a million of 4th of July, 4th of July games, and, and it, it's great. You know, they're, the whole sports, politics, nationalism thing is complicated sometimes. And honestly, on my way to the ballpark today, I'm just thinking about, oh, Alec Manoa's starting, the Blue Jays need a win, Boston beat Tampa Bay. I'm just thinking about that kind of stuff, but um, I'm hoping there's a good crowd tonight. I don't know what the crowd will be. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming there are fireworks after the game yes. tonight, so which is always great. So yeah, it's always you know even whether it's Memorial Day in the U.S., Victoria Day in Canada, Labor Day in either country, all those all those special days are fun to do games.
5: Yeah, there's a good chance you're going to see Manoa tonight, and then you're going to see him at Dodger Stadium on oh, the yes. 19th. Oh yes, <laughs> uh, what a year he's yeah, having! Yeah, uh, and I want to get to your young guys. And they're not really young guys anymore, but how how is it going with our guy, Matt Chapman?
3: He's doing great. So um, offensively, Uh, I would say a little up and down, a little hot and cold. You know, he's not hitting for the average he would like to. He's hitting for power. He's been a tough luck guy. Uh, We always talk about it. It feels like he leads the majors in 380-foot outs this year. I mean, he's hitting a lot of balls to the track, to the wall that are getting caught. The defense has been everything you guys saw for five years. It's been great, absolutely great. So he's fitting great in the clubhouse. He's become a leader in the clubhouse very quickly. Uh, everybody loves him in the clubhouse. Um, you know, I don't, I don't venture too far in, but it looks like he's in the cool group in the clubhouse. He's hanging with, he's hanging with those guys. He, he's in charge of a lot of the music. I know that, whether it's on the plane or in the clubhouse. So, um, and I think he's been great for, you know, for a guy like Bo for a guy like Santiago Espinal. Kevin Biggio, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., I think Chapman's been great for them. I know Charlie Montoyo loves him. He goes out of his way to talk about him all the time. So um, it's great. They needed a third baseman. They really, really needed a third baseman. And he's, he's with them for this year and next year, and that's great.
5: Okay, so I got it in the notes, and it's hard to believe. Now, you guys haven't faced a lot of left-handed pitchers. Right. And you've got a bazillion right-handed hitters. That's
3: why we haven't faced a lot of left-handed pitchers. And you haven't done well (laughs) against left-handed pitchers. No, it's like it happens so infrequently. It's like they kind of have to reboot their hard drive in order to figure out how to hit a lefty. So, Cole Irvin will be interesting because he dominated them in one start last year, and they crushed him in the other. So, who knows what we'll get tonight. He's the kind of guy who can give them trouble. You know, fastball in, change up away, they can get a little anxious and roll over and hit a lot of ground balls to third and short, so we'll see what happens. But they're swinging the bats well. Uh, two months ago, the pitching was great and the offense was really struggling. Now the offense is great and the pitching has some cracks in the ice, so we'll see. But they're, they're swinging the bats really well, and, um, I mean, he can shut them down. There's no question, but he'll have to be on his game to shut them down tonight.
5: Two biggest comebacks, and we'll end on this. Two biggest comebacks in baseball history from July 4th on. 73 Mets were 11 and a half games back, and then our kind of famous 2012, we right. were 10 and a half games back and then reeled in the Rangers. Right. I just think about the Yankees. I think about the East. I think about the extra wild card. I mean, it's kind of like – If you're in the West or the Central right now, long way to go, you better win your division because everybody might be coming out of the East. It could be. Just what is it like and how do you see it going the rest of the way, kind of like the halfway point?
3: So, as our manager, Charlie Montoyo, says, it's like every divisional game is a playoff game, whether it's in April or October. You know, the Red Sox are good. The Rays are good. And the schedule is so imbalanced, too. Like, here's the funny thing. Baltimore is not bad. Baltimore is a 500 team outside of the American League East. Very good bullpen. So... I think everybody in the East is looking forward to next year when the schedule is a little bit more balanced. You play more interleague games and not as many interdivisional games. Um, The Blue Jays are assured of nothing right now because a Minnesota or a Cleveland, you know, two teams could sneak out of there or the White Sox could get hot, something like that. The West, it kind of feels like one team, but but we'll wait and see. But for the Blue Jays and the Red Sox and the Rays, you got to play well. It's um there are no there are no really easy stretches of the season you might have a week where you say okay we play them and them but then boom it's yankees Rays, red Sox coming right after that so the jays have done okay within their own division and i think they're good enough to be a playoff team but they need some pitching help there if they they're going to make a couple of moves in the next few weeks they have to
5: he's a legend and it's always (laughs) great to have him on we appreciate the you time. You got him. Have good a good to see broadcast. You. Thank you. And uh, we got more coming up next right here on A's Cast Live.
1: Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So, whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, Go Kevin, or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So, download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price Priceline. Introducing
7: Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the icon of vacations. Icon of
1: the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. streaming from the East Bay AceCast cast live continues with Chris Townsend
5: oh we're live on the field happy 4th of July what are we having for dinner oh
2: I don't know I don't, do they, well, uh, my wife's coming we're going to the game so I don't know
5: uh, you know
2: whatever the box meal is
5: can, can I uh Throw a little honesty here on Ace Cast Live. You know, when when you hear Cody complain or you hear anybody else in the Ace Cast Live family complain, like Jessica Kleinschmidt's over there, you know, whether it's Jessica, she's waving high, or it's Cody. Jessica's been off in Reno hanging out. Cody's been at the beach. Uh, They're all getting paid holiday pay. Was I at the beach yesterday? I was. A, I didn't go to the beach yesterday. I Am I getting holiday pay? You collected two checks yesterday. No, I didn't. I, I did it all on my own dime. See, now, now I, beach I had to work.
2: The beach is free. My wife she took my wife's car. She's at the car.
5: beach. He's going to the game today. Where was I but yesterday? But I'm working right now. Where, on holiday pay? Am that's, I getting holiday pay?
2: Uh, well, that's the point of being a, a clock-in, clock-out employee.
5: I'm not getting holiday pay. I wouldn't at the beach. I'm not hanging out in a casino in Reno like Jessica Kleinsman. <laughs> I'm not. I'm working. Her stuff was taped yesterday. I have to be live. I got to be here every day. But do I complain? Do I ever complain? That's all I'm saying.
2: Actually, Konsei was taped, too. Uh,
5: What?
2: Konsei was taped yesterday. Just
5: c- come on. Come on. I don't want to hear about Reno. I want to hear about what Matt Chapman have to say. Anything good? Or are you saving that for I'm me? I'm saving
7: that for you. I'm not going to. Okay, uh,
5: do a tease into the camera. Tease me something that we will have A's Total Access brought to you by? Chevron. So it will be me and I don't remember who I had. It will be Ken and What? what, me with Ken and Vince. Then it's going to be me and Dan Shulman. Yeah. And then you'll be in segment three because that's your segment. Am I going
7: to get more than three minutes this time?
5: That had nothing to do with me. You realize I don't control that.
7: I want to get mad at somebody and you're here, so...
5: But you know I don't control the timing of that show. Right. I just... I just work.
7: Yeah. Well, I have tons to talk you about. You know
5: who to complain to and get on.
7: Yeah. No, there's there's tons to talk about. Um, Chappie, of course, was asked about the... the Wanting to have a new stadium, so that was kind of interesting. That's something that he's always actually brought up to me in every interview I've ever talked to him about. Yeah. Um, and then he just talked about all the best friends he made along the way. He's gonna actually face his main BFF, uh, one Mr. James Caprillion.
5: They're boys, they're
7: boys. Cap
5: married him, right?
7: Cap Cap was there, he was he did the officiating, uh, officiating, officiating, officiating. officiating. Um, so it'll, I, you know, not just the fact that they're best friends, but you've seen how Cap is, he's the what a huge competitor, and so is Chappie. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. And then how he wanted to make sure he got here a little bit extra early, Chappie did, because he wasn't quite sure where the visitor's locker room was. There's other stuff to talk about, too.
5: Really, yeah, it's like it's literally 20 yards away.
7: I will say, it happens every time I ever talk to a guy who is we either get him, we acquire him, or we let him go. They always get lost finding the clubhouse. I, 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 you've heard this. Well, the entrance is just
5: funky. You, you've heard this so much over the years about when a player had spent his career. This, I didn't know where to – it's almost like it's like a cliche thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally there's not ballparks where the clubhouses are that far from each other because they're both built to go down to the dugouts if you yeah. look how it works. So they're not that far. It's not like one's in center field and one's right. behind home plate. I I hear that all the time. You go, really? It's uh, You can almost see the other day. Back in the day at Candlestick, the two clubhouse doors looked at each other. Oh. So I don't think you could have a hard time figuring out which one's yours. But you're a little young for that.
7: That's you, right. I'm so young. You're you know like, you
5: just got in this business. I mean, when you just, I mean, you're out I'm of high I'm so young. You're just out of high school. Yeah. By the way, how was Reno? The biggest was fan- biggest was, little city in the world. Well, I was
7: in Reno and Sacramento. It was fantastic. Um, what were
5: you doing? You were, you were covering the uh, I was, aces?
7: I was doing color for the broadcast with the aces. So I was joining Zach Bay Rudy. Okay. you guys know. Um, yeah. So I was doing color for him for six games, and it was absolutely amazing.
5: The only time, I think I've told you every year we do the uh, guy's football trip up to Reno. hmm and stay at the El Dorado. And you can see into the Aces ballpark yeah, from the El Dorado. It's really cool, yeah. But a lot of the time there's snow on the ground. Yeah. So I've never been there. It looks like a beautiful ballpark.
7: It's really nice. Um, you know, it's relatively new con- compared to a lot of other minor league ballparks. And um, food's always dope. The music's good. And you're right near all the casinos. And there's like a built-in bar. And then there's an outside bar. A few bars there, obviously. But it's really fun. and. Uh, I was just so thankful that Bay Rudy, um, hosted me. And then, of course, got to meet Johnny Dosk. He's fantastic. Oscar, yeah. He's amazing. So it was really cool.
5: Yeah, you you are right across the street from Silver Legacy, El Dorado, Circus Circus, yeah. Bowling Hall of Fame's right there. You're downtown Reno. Mookie Everything's Betts there.
7: pitched or bowled a perfect game there once.
5: Did he really? He did.
7: He's a big bowler. He did, and Yeah.
5: We got our trip going to be up there if anybody wants to roll and See us in Reno and watch football with us and bet. Uh, going to be there Veterans Day. And I'm going to go see Jerry Seinfeld is oh, there. Oh, where that is Saturday he at? Is he at, at GSR? It's at the event center.
7: Oh, okay, Lawler. Oh, he gets a whole so Lawler event just, center. It's just
5: down the –
7: Yeah, that's really you, cool. You, you want
5: one of my famous back in my big drinking days? Sure. We ended up at the Paula Abdul concert there. Yeah. Yeah, me dancing with uh, – a lot of ladies who, a lot older than even I am.
7: I was gonna say that's probably a great like place to catch women. No. Okay.
5: No, okay. unless you're looking, you're in retirement, and you're looking well, for. But we still had a great time. That's
7: what matters. Me,
5: Paul Abdul, Reno. Yeah. We'll never forget. That's
7: amazing. That's a that's a great story. You have
5: no idea what can happen to me in Vegas and Reno. I have great stories in the Silver State, I as can, they like I to call it. I can I can promise
7: you, I have better Reno stories than
5: you. Uh you should. You're from there. Yeah. All fun. right, we will see you in segment three of A's Total Access, and uh, there is a guy named Robert Coss is listening right now. So if you want to say about your three minutes, hey, you have your you have your form.
7: Oh no, now I'm intimidated. So
5: oh now you're worried. No, I
7: don't. Now I don't know. Actually, anything.
5: it's not Robert's fault. I just like to blame Robert. It's the fact that Vince goes long, Ken goes long, everybody goes long.
7: Yeah, no, I get it, and I usually do. But I actually like you usually go long because I have a big mouth. So, but I I told Robert I love the challenge of being able to cut it down to three and a half minutes. It just happened to be a very important subject to me. Now that I've spent a week covering major or minor league baseball,
5: and then now I end up just to take you behind the curtain. I've got to make up all these times. Like you know, what gets cut that really pains me. I mean, I'm so upset when I have to cut my injury report and my mechanics bank scoreboard Mm. and. Yeah. start of the day. It's stat start of the It pains me to not have to go the full time. Yeah. Really pains me. Uh, quickly, pitch, clock. I screwed it up yesterday. I realized I said pitch com. The pitch clock in minor league baseball, yay, nay. I'm going to say yay. Big fan?
7: And like I said, and I, I don't know if I told you this, but a veteran player actually, because I tweeted a photo of it or Instagrammed a photo of it, a veteran player responded to me in the big saying that they need it here.
5: It speeds up the game speeds by, like, up a lot. A
7: lot. I didn't have one game over two hours and 45 minutes.
2: That's, like, the average time for AAA games anyway, so that's good. S- seriously. It was fantastic. I mean, seriously. it sucked for
7: me doing color because I do talk a lot, and I get through my stuff quite quickly, but I absolutely adored it. Seriously. At the beginning, it was weird, and I know they have some adjustments to do because there's some automatic balls and strike rules or automatic ball rules that kind of feel very slow-pitch softball-ish. So I think those kinks are going to be ironed out, but other than that, I'm very much in favor
5: I mean if you're telling me I've heard 215 220 ish and even if, if you take me down to 245 I mean how many nights are we sitting here at three hours and 15 yeah. three hours and 30 that's a huge difference in timing and I think and that 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 is the thing as a guy that's got kids and all the nights that you know here I work for the team I have my seats and I yeah. can't bring my kids because my kids got a by the time you get home, by the time they gotta oh, get yeah. to bed uh, for school the next day, yeah. if you could give me two thirty, that's a game changer. And that
7: was ama- That's what we dealt with, and even the automatic strike zone. I got some pretty um, solid feedback from major league players on that too, that they would like it. There wasn't as much drama. There wasn't a lot of you know reactionary stuff at the plate. And Shelby Miller, we watched him pitch. You know, of course, he's a former veteran himself, yeah. or is a veteran, and he added some questionable call lingo to his face. And he couldn't do that because he was essentially arguing with the computer. So it was interesting to see him adjust to it as a guy who's spent years in the bigs.
5: Just on this road trip alone, we saw the A's. Marcotte got thrown out. I mean, we've seen it where all of a sudden, the empire becomes a story behind home plate. There was a, a Tony Kemp call that was clearly a ball called for a strike. Next hitter, who was it? Loriano or whoever got up into a home run the next at bat. Yeah. There was I mean, that
2: Aaron Judge stuff that happened in New York.
5: I mean, oh yeah, Aaron. the low
2: strikes. He has like forty-eight going into like going into the weekend. It had like forty-eight low low strikes called on this year. It's like it was like eight or nine more than any other player in the league.
5: Well, the reality is, if you use the computer strike zone, the animated uh, automated we call it Auto- automated animated would be Pixar uh, automated strike zone. All of a sudden, Aaron Judge's strike zone would be so tall. Yeah, and it should be. See, this is what as a as, as from a pitching standpoint, what bugs me. Is letter of the law is supposed to be the bottom of your letters, so the bottom of the NY down should be a strike zone, should be a strike on him. You wanna know why he hits so many home runs, is because they make his strike zone his whe- where his wheelhouse is. If you think of where his bat path is, but all of a sudden if I can pitch him up here and now he would have to be up here, think about a guy six seven. Yeah. If I'm coming off the mound and I'm throwing to a guy six seven, I'm throwing as hard as I can right here how Aaron Judge, how it would be weird for a pitcher to have to throw a ball that high, but once you got used to that on Aaron Judge, there's no way. Everything for him is right where his bad path, path is, and he hits it out. If he had to raise it, and they called his real strike zone, his stats wouldn't even be close.
7: Yeah, absolutely. And they were th- Here
5: I am on the guy who's probably going to be the MVP. Yeah, I'm coming down his road.
7: Well, the thing that was interesting was some of these calls that, and I've talked to pitchers about it before, you know, they want – They know a certain umpire is going to call some of their specialty pitches especially, and that could kind of help them out, especially the veteran guys who just have been working with certain guys behind the plate for years. And so that's going to be an adjustment as well. And I saw some pitches that could have easily been – different from an umpire being called uh, just by himself without the automated strike zone. But there's also there were some technical difficulties where the automated strike zone stopped working because there was like a glitch or something and they had to go back to the original call. So that could alter an entire game if you had the first six innings automated and then the last three with the, the regular call. So that's interesting as well, too.
5: I wonder if it will make and they won't admit it now, but over time, make umpires better because they're going to sit behind home plate and they're going to see pitcher pitches and they may say well that was a ball for me but it was called a strike maybe it will actually start to show them because we know they each have their own individual strike zones yeah but if you're sitting there for let's call it two hours and 45 minutes and something else is calling balls and strikes they may learn that their strike zone has been wrong all these years.
7: Yeah, and and that's an adjustment overall and like I said it was kind of interesting like Austin Dean struck out. He he really really struggled against Ryan Nelson last night and he was really unhappy with a couple of the calls whether they were his own or not and he was just getting mad and all he he just got mad at himself. He can't take it out on anybody else and I feel like that could be just an emotional weird mental situation to have to deal with as time goes on but He couldn't yell at anybody but just get upset with himself for not – for striking out. It's weird.
5: Maybe a new form of accountability. That's what I'm saying. As a pitcher, hey, this is the strike zone. You're not throwing strikes, you know, because another situation that we had up in Seattle, there was a pitch. I think it was a pitch that Lou walked a guy to lead off the game, that Lou wanted that strike. And Lou was angry about it. Everybody was angry about it. People are chirping. But you go to MLB.com and you could see exactly where the pitch was. It was outside. Yeah. So it's kind of like you're going to have to have maybe a new form of accountability that everything, because it's very early, it's very easy in that moment for everybody in the dugout and the pitcher and the catcher to blame the umpire. Yeah. But now, if it's a computer, and we know that, and as time as a time goes by, and we see it in tennis, Wimbledon's going on right now, that the computer doesn't lie; it's yeah, right. I agree. That all of a sudden, it's like, no, Jack, this is on you. Have some accountability. You're not throwing strikes as a pitcher or as a hitter. Uh, you're not pulling the trigger. That was a strike.
7: It reminds me of when my little brother would get mad when he was playing against the computer, and he would blame the controller when really he just sucked at the game.
5: Yeah, sometimes you have to do that.
7: Yeah, sometimes you just got to throw the the controller at the. Well, don't do that. Boys are so weird with their video games. Just, like, play it on lower level mode. Humble yourself and then oh, get back wow. up there.
5: Wow, that's that's just, that's just shots fired right there so. on the 4th of July. Well, we will see you in segment three. I
7: can't wait, Tony
5: You teased just enough. I did. Just enough. Perfect. We got more coming up next right here on A's Cast Live.
1: Streaming from the East Bay, AceCast Live continues with Chris Townsend.
5: Happy Fourth of July, everybody! Coming up here in just a little bit. Stephen Piscotty is going to stop by. Looks like he'll have a little bit of a a tight schedule to get to, as they have a hitters meeting. So we'll try and get him on, get a few seconds with him to talk about what's going on. Matt Chapman back in the ballpark. And I know Cody has been dying to give you this stat. I, I'm not, you know what, I have it in front of me. I'll do, I'll do it. Yeah, I'll be that guy. You No, you're, you're, you're like excited to throw him under the bus. It's throwing him under the bus. Okay, it's go just, ahead. It's just go highlighting ahead.
2: his, he's not the same guy he was offensively. What do you think he's hitting over the last 365 days, according to baseball reference?
5: So that would be over the last calendar year. That's correct. I'm going to say, since I have it in front of me, but I'll play, I'll say
2: 235. You're about 34 points off in the wrong direction. He's hitting 201, 27 home runs. Okay. He hits a lot of home runs. 67 RBI. Okay. Okay. A 694 OPS. That's that's not not
5: good. That's not good.
2: And 173 strikeouts.
5: That's not good. And that's
2: over 502 at bats.
5: That's not good. That's
2: not Joey Gallo numbers, but um, those aren't good. Remember, he was second in baseball last year in strikeouts behind only Joey Gallo. He had 200 strikeouts. Um, That's not good. And he's, I think this year. What is he hitting right now? Right now, he's hitting 215, 11 home runs, 37 RBI, a 685 OPS and 73 strikeouts and 261 at-bats.
5: But he has a 1.1 war. See, that's where I would love to break down his offensive war and take his defense out. Let me look at uh, – Take his defense out.
2: Let me – Let Because me, think-
5: I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. He is the best – He is the best defensive third baseman I have ever seen. Better than Arenado. Yes. You don't think he's better? He's got a better arm. He's got better range. I,
2: I tend to agree, but a lot of people think Arnado. I mean, Machado gets a lot of love, but he's a shortstop.
5: Well, a lot of people haven't seen Chapman. Yeah, that's true. I mean, unless you're, not, they're now getting to see him. Yeah, you wait a couple of years playing in the American League East, and they're going to try and put Matt Chapman in the Hall of Fame for his glove. His glove, he is the best. But with that said, what are we looking at from a standpoint of what is he? You know. Your third baseman being great defensively, that's huge. But I need more than defense at third base. It's a corner infield spot. I want I want production. I want offensive production, especially from a guy that is in his prime. This is his prime. If you want to go clichés like you always do Cody, this is his back of the base, back of the baseball card moments. This is when you make the hay in your career. 28, 29, 30, this is, a, this is who you are, this is you at your very best. So where is he in a hitter's ballpark? Because that's exactly what the Rogers Center is. Same thing that I said. You want to be consistent? I said the same thing about Josh Donaldson. When Josh Donaldson was traded to the Toronto Blue Jays, I said on 95.7 The Game on my talk show, watch, he will win an MVP. And he did the next year. And he did the very next year. I said, watch, he's going to be an all-star. Not only was he an all-star, he got the most votes. He's the last A to be voted in as an all-star. That's facts. He was he got the most votes out of everybody when he was playing for the Toronto Blue Jays. He was in his prime. He's playing in the American League East. He's playing in ballparks that are band boxes. Everything's a band box other than Tampa. And Tampa's a dome, so you're hitting in 72 degree weather. But Baltimore was a bandbox. Not anymore. Rogers center ball flies. Yankees sure. Yankee Stadium short porch in left field. Forget about center field, but left field short porch. And JD had the ability to go to right center, short porch. Boston, you're flipping a sand wedge off the green monster. Yeah. It's nothing. I mean, of course, J D was in his prime. I said it. This guy's gonna be a monster. Well, that is not translated to Matt Chapman, who, what's he's 28, right? About to be 29? Yeah, that. Uh, yeah, he might be 29 already. And you're telling me his numbers are 215 with a 685 OPS?
2: He has a point, uh, according to Baseball References War, or B-War, he has a point, uh, 0.8 offensive war and a 0.5 defensive war.
5: So a that seems z- kind of low, but. A 0.8 offensive war? Yeah. He's basically a league average player.
2: Yeah, uh, Chapman's 29. He turned 29 at the end of April. Oh, so he's 29? He'll be 30, oh, next. Yeah, he'll be 30 oh, next year. Oh, boy. He'll be 31, I think, when the, when he's a oh, – And we'll this. have
5: him on tomorrow, and we're, and we're going to say all the things that we appreciate, everything he did, and the platinum gold gloves and all that kind of stuff and what he did for the A's, and he was a part of a very good run in Oakland A's baseball. But I want – you know, that was the whole thing, and I had a caller recently challenge me on it talking about the players and I've been honest the players that the A's have lost if you look at just purely from a business standpoint you have missed nothing with the amount of money you're now paying Marcus Simeon and Matt Chapman it's just it's reality Marcus Simeon is going to be in his 30s and be ending this contract in his not mid 30s anymore late 30s at 175 million he's not having a
2: great year he did his 10th home run today but his batting average is nowhere near what it normally is
5: everybody hits home runs for sh- that's true who doesn't hit home runs? Oh, well, this oakland ac uh, home runs but
2: louisa rise from the twins who might be the next rod carew
5: but it's it's our game has gotten weaker because of that well he hits, he's hit some home runs He's hit home run. Look, at you got the fancy cart coming in here. Look at all you get to see on A's Cast Live. And they got the, the lights blinking. But, yeah, you give me ten home runs, how many are solos? How many of them are in game? What, what was the score when you hit these home runs? I think the home run they hit
2: today put them ahead in the ninth. And then Adley, Rush, Adley Rushman tied the game in the ninth, and then they won on a walk-off. How many
5: times these guys hit home runs when the game's already in doubt? Uh, Chris Davis is on the phone.
2: Which Chris Davis? either no actually early in Chris Davis career it was those
5: three years Chris Davis hit 40 plus home runs his his home runs for the majority of the time were when the score was close if not putting the A's ahead he did not say that about our Chris Davis did he just sign somewhere too he sent me he signed with the Atlantic League with the uh, team in Newark New Jersey and the Atlantic League yeah my
2: wife's cousin was playing in that league
5: so but Yeah, I mean, when you hit low twos and, you know, now that we have, whether you want to go war or you go weighted runs created plus, we have ways to measure you. And the measurements aren't great. The measurements aren't great. And for the amount of money that you're paying, your return return on investment is nothing special. And that's why – that's why you look at it and you go, well, you know, Matt Chapman turned down one hundred and fifty million dollars. I mean, guys hitting two fifteen. Are you bummed that you don't have a guy hitting two fifteen with an OPS under seven hundred? That OPS is. I mean, that's low. I mean, it's it's well, that's what happens when you don't hit.
2: Like Juan Soto sitting two twenty six, with more walks than hits, but he has an eight eight thirty something OPS.
5: Yeah. I mean, when you when you do have that, I mean, it's it's the bottom line. It's the uh, and for the amount of money you're paying, you, you, you look at the return on investment. Stephen Piscotti's with us here on A's Cast Live. Now, you've been on this program many a times, but this is the first time you're doing it. Now we're on video.
6: We have video, now. Nice. They get to see you Should I get you now? over here so you can see me? Yeah, we All get right. to see you
5: now. How are you? Good, how are you? Uh, life is good. Great to have you back. Good to see you healthy. <laughs> yeah,
6: thank you. Appreciate that. It's been been a long road back, but great to
5: be here. Like, just just tell people just how much rehab and being away from the team, just how much that just sucks as a player.
6: Yeah, it definitely kind of will suck the energy out of you at times, um, but uh, you just got to keep pushing through and... And put your work in, and um, you know they work us pretty hard. And you leave feeling each day um, that you got better. So um, you just try to chase that um, while you're while you're on the IL, and then get ready to go.
5: And how much do you also have to say? I want to be back so bad, but I got to listen to them because sometimes they got to save you from yourself.
6: Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, that that's a bit of the. Um, bit of the battle sometimes the players and the training staff Um, but it's all you know coming from a good place of wanting to get back out on the field and um, you know with the the calf this time around um, you know I tried pushing pushing and hit a day where it kind of flared up on me and had to realize that the calf is a tricky injury and that um, you know look at a lot of guys that have had major setbacks and didn't want to have that uh, obviously this year so um, after that little flare-up let it calm down and got back to it and thankfully it's been good ever since
5: yeah people need to realize whether well, i've hurt my calf and you start talking about the calf and the achilles tendon and there's like there it's 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 you got to have your rest and you got to let it get back or yeah. uh things cannot be good but i can tell you this having you back middle of the order in my scorebook i write piscotti i don't care if you're in right you're dh it makes me feel good because it's like you're bringing some lumber back to this offense that really needs it yeah i mean i'm
6: just trying to do my part and i think we're all trying to you know do our our part and um you know it's definitely been um a bit of a a tough go of late trying to get runs across um you know but everyone's everyone's battling and everyone's working um uh there's a lot of fight in this team We're, we're continuing to fight and uh we're, we're going to get better.
5: Well, that that's one thing I think for, you know, the first year of Mark Kotze, and he said it to us down in Mesa, like, hey, no matter what the record is, no matter what happens, no matter who's here – this team is going to fight every game because you know there's certain teams things start to go bad everybody you know the team splinters as they say back in the day they say 25 different cabs to the ballpark (laughs) you have not seen that with this team just talk about how this team still fights hard every day before after during the fight's still there
6: yeah there's an expectation of effort level for sure and um you know i think you know we're in these games i don't don't feel like we're getting blown out by any means I mean, we're many, remaining competitive um we're kind of having to relearn how to win some games you know we're letting a, f- a few slip away um but again we're, we're, we're just fighting and um this is kind of part of the, the the state of this team right now and um you, know, you look at certain guys like Loriano, you know in Cleveland you know getting getting the guys fired up and that yeah. sort of thing there, there's a lot of determination there's no one taking it easy right now
5: and you got a Blue Jay team coming to town. They got a lot of firepower. Fourth of July, you yeah. got fireworks yeah. tonight, just for you guys. What What does playing on on Fourth of July mean to you?
6: Oh, it means means everything. Um, you know, a lot of the Memorial Days and July Fourth, and these are really um, awesome days to kind of you know show your appreciation to you know the country and, and that sort of thing. And um, You know, there's always a lot of fans. You got the fireworks. You got the excitement. We got uh, Matt Chapman. uh, You know, on the opposing side, it should be a really fun um, atmosphere. And you know, we love playing in that kind of environment.
5: You know, you've you've now played a while. You know, what's it like when you have a teammate, a guy that you went to battle with, you like a lot, and you've had to do this multiple times in your career? What's it like then playing against him?
6: Um, You know, it it's a little weird the first couple innings. Um, Just it doesn't look right seeing that that former teammate in a different uniform um but after like you said being through it a few times you know it's it's just business it's the business of baseball it's uh and there's another layer behind all the all the stuff that you know we're focused on and um it's just the way things are and uh it might not sit well but that's just that's the way it
5: is you know one of the great comebacks mar uh is your old roommate he's making yeah. a comeback yeah. and yeah. we talked about it and he was on mlb network and your name got mentioned. I, I'm like, God, I knew that they were at Stanford the same time, but I didn't realize. You guys lived together. Yeah, we were roommates our, our
6: uh, last two years. Um, yeah, we were very close. He uh, he grew up in, in Danville and went to Montevist, and I was at Amador, so we played against We always known each other, um, you know, through travel ball and that sort of stuff. And then, yeah, so it was a natural fit to be a roommate um, at, uh, at Stanford. And, um, man, what a cool story. Just uh, – you know, knowing him, knowing the person he is, how hard he's worked, the the things he's gone through, um, man, someone could make a movie about it. It's crazy.
5: Yeah, it's got a little bit uh, um, Doolittle in it. Doolittle was kind of a Disney story, mm-hmm. right? He was supposed to be the A's first baseman. Injuries, just took it from him. Next thing you know, Sean goes to the A's and says, hey, remember I pitched? Can I just try it? Yeah. And he went from just trying it. To being here pitching big games next, Doing you know, it. in the yep. postseason. So, uh, Mark Appel, what he has done coming out of Stanford is, is pretty. And, and and I love the story listening to him. Like, he has surgery, he gets his body right, doesn't tell the Phillies until he's ready to come back. So, no one knew, yeah, right? No yeah. one knew what was going on. And the next thing he calls him up, hey, what do you guys think? And they give him that shot. Right. When did you know he's really gonna do this at his age?
6: Yeah, I mean, I've, I've remember talking to him honestly multiple occasions um you know there there was definitely the surgery but there were some other points were nagging things and um where it was like are you gonna go for it or are you not we, we i didn't know um until probably a month before he, he told the phillies where he's like my arm's feeling good he got on a good workout uh, regimen his, his his health health was there the velo was there um and i could tell he had you know his heart in it. I think early in some of the struggles, it was more of uh, trying to prove people wrong that he wasn't a bust and all these sorts of things. And it, none of us have gone through that, right? So we don't, we're not, we can't judge on, on how that goes. But it just felt like this time he was doing it for the right reasons. He, he just wanted to play ball. He wanted to be part of the guys, um, and he was having fun doing it. So I think that was uh, really, I think, what put him over the edge. I think because he was just. He just went out and dealt this year. I mean, he had a one in AAA, and he's had a couple scoreless innings in, in in the big league. So, um, it's just awesome.
5: Yeah, what, what and what you just said it just hit me. You know, in other sports, you know, because I covered NFL, NBA, and everything. When you are the number one overall pick, you have these expectations. Everybody know in baseball. You know, it's yeah. baseball America, people. You're, you're not treated the same. So, for him to feel that way truly as the number one overall pick, I want to prove that I'm not a bust. Yeah. You would see that in the NFL and the NBA. You don't hear a lot about that in baseball. No, and, and baseball's hard,
6: right? Because you're not in you know, NFL, NBA, you're drafted first overall. You're going to be in the, the starting lineup for whatever pref, uh, the professional team you, you've been drafted by. And you, remember, you, it was
5: a big day on TV when they drafted yeah, you, right? Yeah. It's a big production. Yeah,
6: in baseball, you, you – you can go 1-1, but you still got to earn it and, and go through the minor leagues and do everything. Um, and so, you know, that injuries are tough. You know, I, I can obviously stand here going through a few to, to tell you how, how difficult it is um, when you're not feeling like yourself to, to go out there. And um, I don't know the weight that he was, you know, feeling there, and I, I can't imagine. So um, for him to, to get all that, you know, aside and to, to continue on and to make this comeback, it's it's truly incredible.
5: Let's end on this because, of course, recently you guys had your golf tournament and your father was either on with us or he was on television and he mentioned the number you guys have raised, the amount of money, yep. and it was like, wow. Yeah. Do you ever – wow, we've done a lot. I mean, you guys the, – the awareness obviously is huge. Yep. Remembering your mother, the amount of money you've helped raise to try and fight this. Yeah. What does that mean to you?
6: It means a lot. Yeah, we hit we hit the one million mark, which was a, a huge um, accomplishment for for our group that that's been working tirelessly on on all sorts of events. And then um, you know, there's the fundraising awareness side, and then there's also the research side, which not a lot of people um, get to see. That my dad is working equally as hard at, um, and you know, we've got this roadmap to a cure, and we've funded a few of the, the little stops on that on that roadmap. So. Um, it's awesome to see progress. You know, there's a lot more to, to go, but uh, we feel really proud of the, the work we've done. And, um, I know my mom is, is uh, proud of the work as well.
5: Well, great stuff. Thank you for stopping by. I know you have a hitters meeting, and uh, once oh, again, yeah. it's great. You're cool. right. You reminded me. Yeah, it, It's great to write you in the lineup. It's great to have awesome. you back.
6: Yep, good being back.
5: We got more coming up next right here on A's Cast Live. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas.
2: Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again.
1: A's Cast Live continues from the town. Here's Chris
5: Townsend. Glenn Kuyper has spent the majority of his career on television. But today, it's the biggest moment of his career as he joins A's Cast Live for the first time on video. Don't be nervous. I, I know am. you don't have your makeup on yet. You haven't really I done the hair. Nervous. but I this you is... just
4: You just dropped this on me like 10 seconds ago. This is a I big s- moment for you. I
5: got to suck my gut in a little bit. I mean, this isn't Comcast, <laughs> my know. friend. I know. This isn't NBC yeah. Sports Bay Area or Fox Sports. Or... I feel it. Ace
4: Cast is a different level. I feel
5: it. Were you Sports Channel, too? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You've been on, like, everything. Sports Channel,
4: Fox Sports Net, Comcast, NBC. NBC Sports Bay Area, NBC Sports California, yeah, they've.
5: yeah, you've done them all. <laughs> you have done. A, you've been. You, how, Just, long have you, how long have you been? How long uh, have you been on TV in the Bay Area? Uh, Nineteen ninety-two
4: was the first year I did anything. I did some pregame show stuff for the Giants. That was the actual first year that I got a paycheck.
5: You were ever you'd be you'd be at Cal you'd be at Sharks you were
4: everywhere. Yeah, I'd be at Sharks working. Tony would be at Sharks. I'm not gonna say what he was doing. But he stacked his cups. It was a it it was a golden (laughs) liquid. It was a, like, Townie. It's they dropped the puck at one o'clock. Why do you have four stacked beers already?
5: <laughs> those are the good old yeah, days. Yeah, they sure I are. That was fun. That no was responsibility, fun. no wife, no oh, kids.
4: Man. Sharks games were fun though. That was that was fun to going down there working. Good scene always.
5: That yeah. was the the height of when they dropped the shark onto the ice. People really went nuts. It we're was kind of uh, new. Yeah, it was it was the Owen Nolan era. Yeah. You know, Jeffries. Yeah,
4: so that was pretty fun.
5: Yeah. It was fun. Well, um, this hasn't been real easy this season. What's it been like uh, on the television side? Hey, No, it's not It's not great, yeah.
4: but Dallas and I talked about it, you know, as the year has gone on, and listen, it, it, you know, the record is what it is, right? But we just kind of said, listen, let's just concentrate on that night's game, right? Yeah. Um, as opposed to – maybe, hey, what's the pennant race, and who's doing this, and just that game, right, let's hope it's a good game, but let's just, let's do the best we can with that night's game and not worry about tomorrow, or the next day, or, you know, pennant race, you know, all that other stuff, and and that's helped us, you know, but ultimately, and I really do mean this, you're still doing a big league game, yeah. right, you're still announcing a big league game, and and the thing that really, it, it, it kind of annoys Dallas and I, and it's nobody's fault, but you have people come in to the booth, whether we're here or, or on the road, to say, boy, it must be tough. It's like, well, what's, I get that. You? I get those well, calls yeah, every yeah, exactly, night. Right? Yeah. So, no, it's not that tough, right? It, it's our job. It's a great job. We know we're lucky to have the job. So it's not that tough. Do we want them to win every night? Absolutely. Is it is it a little more fun if they win more? Absolutely. But it's not that tough announcing a Major League Baseball game. It's still pretty cool, right? And it's pretty cool for you to talk about Big League Baseball before and after the game. So I get the question when we get asked that, but... No, it's it's not. It's really not that bad. It's pretty good, actually.
5: So, when you guys are on the road, I'm obviously I have the home studio. So. Yeah, you look good in the studio, by the way. So, yeah. I, get, I go in yesterday. I get on my couch. I got my butt. First inning goes. And I, I remember I had to do something. My daughter, and I come back, and I go, that's not Frankie Montas. Yeah. And, and I'm like, I'm rewinding you guys going, what the hell? And I'm rewinding, and yeah. you guys are like, yeah, we, we didn't don't know, know. A lot either.
4: No, I know the uh, the velocity was down. Uh, we did see that, but that happens sometimes sure. when the game starts. So, um, you know, and then you're like, oh man. Then you get scared, right? Because listen, the trade rumors are going to be around him for the next month, and is there a pretty good chance he may get dealt? Yeah, I think there probably is. But then this happens, and yeah, you immediately go, oh man. Hope they didn't turn down a good deal for it. You know what I mean? You yeah. start thinking a lot of different things. But he it, it sounded like they thought he was going to be okay. They didn't think it was anything real serious. that That's thats the only thing I've really heard um, last night and, and today. So but we'll keep our fingers crossed.
5: Yeah, it—it it, it, since he is this valuable commodity, right, and you, you know you're going to ship him, mm-hmm. like you want to make sure that when you are going to put him out there for, for on the trading block. You want everybody yeah. to know that he's good, he's fine, he's yeah. ready to go for you for this second half. Because he, I mean, if I'm looking at all the teams, and if I need a starter, Billy he's, Bean and David Forrest are the first guys yep. I'm calling. Yeah, he's he's been really, really good. And you're right. And, and
4: now you need to make sure he's healthy. And I think teams are going to now say, hey, okay, I need to see at least one start from him before the trade deadline to prove that he's healthy. Um, so that's sort of what this little injury, even though it may not be really serious, I think it does, it does set you back a start or two um, from showcasing him to these other teams because he was, every start he had this year was pretty darn good. Well, now they're going to want to see one or two more just to prove that he's healthy. And if, if he shows that he's healthy, yeah, I, I mean, I think there's probably going to be a deal there at some point that's probably too good to pass out.
5: Well, and I've thought about this yesterday, trying to trying to be positive. I was like, you know what? Even if you didn't deal him now, sure, he's still going to be the biggest piece out yeah. there in the off season. Now you got a yeah. full off season. Now you you like to get these desperate GMs yeah. at the deadline to start bidding against each other, but they'll yeah. still be there in the yeah. off season yeah. looking for somebody.
4: Yeah. Or it just takes one desperate GM at the trade deadline if yeah. somebody goes down, and um, so that's why. I think there'll probably be a deal there to be had, one that the A's will like. But you're right. If if there isn't, you take a look in the offseason or you keep him, right? He's not a free agent, so he could lead your staff next year. So uh, the A's are in a good spot with Frankie Montas. I think they're whatever they do, they're probably going to come out ahead.
5: You know, one thing that I talk a lot about, whether it's on this show or it's pre pregame show, postgame show, is what gets me excited. And I talked to Nick Allen earlier today, mm-hmm. and I said, keep doing what you're doing. Bunt. Run. Yeah. Oh, it's great. Do different thing. Yeah. Like, this is what can excite us. I mean, because we played 81 games, right? This is what can excite yeah. us in the second half is let me – and Jonah Bride's working out right over here trying to get back healthy. Let, let's see some younger guys and see what they can do. Wouldn't you say that's – what gives you a little juice coming? No the question. Ballpark? The Nick
4: Allen thing has been a lot of fun. Um, you know, there, there's listen. He's a smaller guy. You sort of pull for him, but there's a scrappiness to him, and he's a pretty good little player. And I think he has a chance. I think to be an everyday player in the big leagues. Now, is he going to hit 15, 16 home runs? Probably not. But like you said, he does a he does some different things offensively that I think can help you. Um, and defensively, you know, there's no issues there. He looks pretty good around the bag on both sides of the bag at short and second. So, yeah, we're kind of excited about him. I think it's it's great, and, I, and I'm glad that they've got him up here. And more importantly, playing him every day. See what he's got. You know, we're, we're looking to the future, right? And, you know, what Elvis probably not going to be around next year. You know, there you go. So he's been fun to watch. I hope he keeps it up. But you're right. Do all those little things you're doing. Throw down a bunt once a game, right? Swipe, yes. Swipe a bag. I mean, that's Keep what... Keep him honest. And, and I think that, too, is... that That's the kind of player that we're sort of looking forward to seeing, right? Our own guy. We drafted him. Get him up here, and then he's got a little scrappiness to him. I like that. So, I think it's great. I hope he has a 10-year career here.
5: Well, if anybody knows about <laughs> playing up the middle, middle infield, it, it, it's you going back to your days. As even Jack McKeon said... Biggest mistake the Padres ever made was keeping Roberto Alomar over you. Absolutely. Well, I told him that. Yeah. I said, Jack, that's
4: a big mistake. You had the legacy. I mean, you had the name. Who are you? (laughs) Did did we? What? what, Who are you? Carlos Baerga, (laughs) Joey
5: Cora, Kyper. Yes. But you can tell as someone who I mean played professionally, you can tell when someone's got the leather out there. Oh, yeah.
4: Oh, yeah. I mean, listen. I mean. Nick Allen, it doesn't take long. It takes two ground balls, and you can tell he's he's got it. But he's got good feet. He's got the good quick hands. He's got a good strong arm at second base, which is important, right? Um, so, yeah, he, he's he got all the tools to be a big leaguer. There's no doubt about it. And
5: by the way, Elvis, I know we all want to throw dirt on him on the postgame show, but Elvis, and especially against the Mariners, he hits home runs against the Mariners. I mean, Elvis can Elvis still play. Fine.
4: Yep, there's no question about it. Elvis is fine. Listen, he's – he's been around a long time there's nothing he hasn't seen and that can help the young players he can be very helpful not just the not just to the to the to the younger Latin players but to the American players as well he's a guy you can go to man and say hey what about this I mean he's played 13 14 years and he is still a good player I, I like Elvis a lot um, you know I, I wish fans wouldn't dump on him because there there's there's a lot more to Elvis than you know, just his batting average, and he can really help these young kids. Jonah Bride, Nick Allen, man, you're playing right next to Elvis Anders, Think how much he knows, and I'd sit right next to him and ask him a ton of questions every day.
5: So you were just at Yankee Stadium. We're now seeing the Blue Jays. Just talk about the energy <clears throat> that's around this AL East. Yeah. That we don't, We haven't traveled with the team in years, so we. Out in the West, you know, it's the Astros yeah. and everybody else yeah. is pretty much done. I mean, just what is the intensity? What is the, the AL East like right it's now?
4: It's awesome. I mean, we were in New York, and, and it's always a great scene there anyways. Uh, but, you know, they, they're they feeling it, right? They have this ridiculous record. Um, but you look at these standings, and there's a really good chance you're going to have four teams from the AL East, Yes, right? Uh, I don't have a problem with that. I mean, listen, they're the best teams, right? They're the, they're the outside of the Yankees. They're the three best wild card teams. I would have no problem with with those four teams all making it, and and I think there's a pretty good chance that they will. So you know, and they're going to start playing each other a little bit more now too, you know. So th- so that's going to be fun to watch. So it'll be interesting to see how these these, not the Yankees, but these three other teams, the Red Sox, and, and the Blue Jays, see and and the Rays to see how they handle the final two and a half months because I. Listen, they're going to be fighting for. You know, you want that number one wild card. You get a home series, right? Yeah. That's a big deal. So, I mean, you think about, think about the Blue Jays. The difference is playing that three game series at Fenway or playing it at home. That's a big deal, right? So, there's a lot to play for. And uh, hey, it, the AL East is fun. It's it's the big boy, big boy division, right? So, um, you know, we've been to, we've been to all three of those those places. Uh, all four of them. We've been to Tampa as well. So, they're all really good teams, but in different ways, you know. So, I think it's
5: great. What I love about it is, like, everybody, whether it's MLB Network or ESPN, everybody's wanted to crown the Yankees, the champions already. It's like, no, you don't understand. These A- these other ALE teams, yeah. they don't care. And once you get in the playoffs, everybody's zero and zero. Yeah. They play at Yankee Stadium all the time. They don't have, oh, it's Yankee Stadium. Yeah. Yeah. That's what, like – if it's a bunch of ALEs sure. teams, and it's it's like a bunch of hungry dogs in an alley yep. fighting for one, for one state. Well,
4: that's right. And, and yeah, you, that's a great point. Those teams in the ALEs, like the Blue Jays, they're not going to be intimidated by the Yankees because no. we play them 18, 19 And you know who else isn't intimidated by the Yankees is the Houston Astros, right? The Astros are like, we'll go to Yankee Stadium. It doesn't matter to us. So, well, they'll go, so, they'll so, go over
5: to, to, to take on the Mets, too. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So
4: so I think it, it's – I like what's going on in the American League because you do have that one team that is standing out, the Yankees, but you have these other teams that are really, really good, and there is no shoe in that the Yankees are going to walk right to the World Series at all. I think they're going to have their hands full when, when that time comes with all those teams, whoever they may play.
5: You know, it's going to be interesting, too. I mean, and you guys were just in there, you know, Cleveland. You know, Cleveland has now become the king of the walk-offs and what they did to Minnesota. Minnesota is good, but you mentioned the Astros. And now that we're getting away more and more from Jeffrey Lou now and that whole cheating scandal and that whole time with A.J. Hinch and now there's a lot of new guys, Mm -hmm. there's just an appreciation for their development because it's not about yep. – we, we've been doing it here on this show. It's not about the, the tank drafts anymore. They've, they've gotten all these guys' yep. international signings. Yep. They are just – when you look at how they can beat you with starters, with bullpen, with their lineup, they can beat you with power, they can beat you with contact, they can beat you with speed – I mean, a complete team. The Dodgers seem to be that yep, way. Yep. I mean, I just—I have appreciation now. I can get away my right. anger from the Astros a little bit. How about you and just kind of no, appreciate I, how I good the Astros are? I agree.
4: I, I'm not into the whole hating other teams because I think it's a little bit of a waste of energy. You have to respect these teams. Um, and, and you have to give the Astros their due. You think about it. They lose Springer. They don't care. They lose Correa, they don't care, right? They lose Greinke, they don't care. They lose Garrett Cole, they don't care. I mean, you think about those guys that they have lost the last three or four years, it hasn't slowed them down. These are star, star players, and they're like, no, we're moving on. We're going to pick and choose who we want to sign. Got a star shortstop now, a a guy who's got a chance to win the Rookie of the Year. You know, So you have to respect what they do. It's a well-run organization. They know who to keep. Who not to keep, and they just keep bringing up young players, and they got the veteran players that are still really good. So, it, it, as hard as it may be for a lot of people, especially A's fans, you have to you have to respect what the Astros have done to remain good for this long, and they will continue to be good. I mean, they're, you know, there, there's no end in sight to their success. I don't think.
5: Yeah, you just mentioned Pena as a guy that could be Rookie of the Year. That guy you just saw in Seattle, Julio Rodriguez. I really don't like him as a player. I don't. I don't, I don't really. You don't, know. you don't see it. <laughs> I don't know about his future. But. I stump. I asked my my
4: my partner Dallas Braden the other day. I said, "I'm going to stump you. You got ten seconds. Who would you take right now, Julio Rodriguez or Bobby Witt Jr.?" And he was like, "Oh my God!" And I counted him down: <laughs> nine, eight, and he said, "Julio Rodriguez." Over Bobby Witt Jr. Now again, it's you know it's it's six one half dozen of the other. You're gonna get a star either way. But there, At a premium there was something like we we've seen Rodriguez now and there's something about him that like where you can envision a superstar. You can see it. I think with Bobby Witt you can kinda see it maybe. This guy, he's already doing it. And he's crushing the A's, which is a killer, right? Because yeah. it's gonna keep happening. He's yeah, he's the real deal. You he's, guys He's had pretty it. fun.
5: One of his home runs, he's rounding first and he's looking out to center field <laughs> and he's smiling and he did some hand gesture
4: yeah. and
5: he's rounding second. And I'm watching that, and I'm like going, that guy's a rookie? Yeah. That's what a star he
4: Yeah, that's good, that's, yeah.
5: Good looking.
4: And fun. He's having fun. Yeah, he's, the, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm like,
5: that's this guy. And to think, I'm reading these notes going, well, we haven't seen that since A-Rod yeah. or Griffey are going, how do they get
4: these guys? And, you know, he's got a big smile on his face. And he doesn't really play like a rookie. He plays like he's been around a while. Um, and he's a lot of fun. And they love him up there. I mean, they got to chant, who Leo. Oh, and it starts. And it starts roaring. Um, so they, that's their next guy. That's their next Ichiro you know,
5: the guy they're going to anoint. Um, I don't. We have one of those guys. I want a 21 year old or a 22 year old. I don't want. Where's our 23 year olds? Oh, they're in Midland. Uh, behind us, we'll end on this one. No, you got to go. Behind us, Matt Chapman's yeah. taking ground balls. Uh, Chappie's back. I know you guys, for us, it's new. You guys got to see him. We in saw Toronto. Yeah,
4: and that was right away. Right at the. Uh, yeah, it was like the well, second or third series. So we did get to talk to him. It was great. He's such a good dude. We had a nice chat with him. He got married in the offseason. He told us about his wedding and, and how much fun it was. And and he said, and again, that was really early in the year, but he said that he he was enjoying it already in Toronto, and I think he likes it. You know, nice city, good team. Um, so we wish Matt Chapman the best. He's he's such he's an impossible guy to, to, to not like, right? It's just, I mean, he's he's a sweetheart, and he talked with us for, gosh, 20, 25 minutes when we were there. So uh, um, we wish he was still here, but... Sh- how can you not pull for the guy, right? I mean,
5: he's he's great. Do you guys have any special plans Fourth of July on television to tease here on your biggest new? I can't tell you. No, it's no, that big. No, no.
4: Actually, we were gonna we were gonna maybe talk talk about Cody a little bit in the umbrella.
5: Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I'm sunburnt. Yeah. He's he's fine. Yeah. Uh When you guys pull out the bit, let's one more one more before you gotta go. <laughs> when you guys plot, because we're kind of the same era, right? When you start pulling out the baseball cards, those are the guys of our era. I know, era. I know,
4: I know. And you know what? Like, I I try to pick, like, guys from the 70s because I can stump my partner. You know, the, like, Bake McBride, yeah. you know. Give, Dallas. give me Ever late
5: late 70s, yeah. early in the 80s Absolutely. is my wheelhouse. Yep,
4: that's right, that's right. Um, and, and there is a – it has to be a certain score, certain time of the game for us to pull the, the baseball true. cards out. So. True, true. If we see the baseball cards, that means the scoreboard is really not what we want to see. But we're also looking to have a little fun, which you know we do try to do that occasionally. So, well, thanks, thanks for the the props on the baseball cards. I just
5: just it. just know this: I'm always watching. Yeah, I know you are. I'm I always. I feel your watching. presence. It makes me a little nervous. And every single time you guys promote A's Cast, mm-hmm. I get this warm, fuzzy feeling. I'm like, thank you. Thank well, you, now that you, we get
4: you. to see it, that that makes A's Cast even better because we see you in your
5: in your studio. And I will see you on the 12th and 13th. I'll be in with whoever's Stu or Okay. Awesome. That. Good. But hey, Thanks, thank buddy. you. Thank you for everything Anytime. you do. Anytime. You promoting us is oh, huge. It uh, no, means it's, a lot.
4: We will continue anything you need, man, cuz you guys it's a we're all in it together. And We're I want you to keep
5: letting everybody know I'm getting screwed down here in the sun. Yeah, he, I know. he's in the umbrella. Yeah,
4: my forehead is baked already, but it like, <laughs> looks like looks like Cody's good.
5: Cody's fine. Cody's got a fourth of July, he's fine. He's got a fourth of July. He's got he's got he's got ribs, yeah. he's got potato salad back here. We're sweating and yeah. he's fine. He's right. fine. See you, buddy. All right, we got more coming up next right here on A's Cast Live.
0: The Coliseum has gone by many names, but none better than the Last Dive Bar. Hi, everyone. Ken Korak here, and my friends at Last die Bar are helping us celebrate our longtime home. Last die Bar has the most unique merchandise for all Oakland baseball fans. T-shirts, sweatshirts, the Ray Fosse line, and my personal favorite, the lights have taken full effect. Visit their website at lastdiebar.com or follow them on social media at Last Dive Bar. All proceeds are invested back into local Bay Area charities. Go to lastdiebar.com That's Last Dive
1: A's cast live continues from the town. Here's Chris Townsend.
5: Hey Cody did you uh, see my TV my TV hit yesterday on NBC Sports California after the game.
2: Yeah it's about the Astros right. Oh you didn't see it. Uh, no. Uh, Why I, I...
5: didn't you see it.
2: I took a rare full day off. Actually, no. I still made sure I posted your post game show for everyone to
5: download. Why didn't you see it?
2: Because I went to Santa Cruz.
5: Oh, there's a cat. There's the kitty. He's back again. The kitty's back. The Ace Cast Live kitty. Yes, the whole cat thing here. There. Oh, there's a cat. Cat's now in the in the. Uh, the cat is on the field. Oh, the poor cat. The cat is now in the dugout. And now everybody's looking at the cat. And here comes the cat. Will the cat make its appearance? Oh, no. The cat's now back back under the stand. stand. The cats have to be saying, listen, all these years you had Niner. I mean, you had Raiders. You had A's. Raiders left. You had the pandemic. We had the place to ourselves. What's the deal with you coming back? And now the cat's got to deal with all the people coming, all the people that do come out. I mean, the cats are a little, you know, traumatized. Right? I would think so.
2: I mean, you saw him. He ran through the dugout, came back up, and then went right back under.
5: Okay, so I asked the question yesterday to Stu and Brody. Friends of the program, by the way. Definitely friends of the program. So the Astros against the Angels over the weekend (laughs) in three games struck out 48 batters. The Astro pitchers struck out 48 Angels. That's what, 16 a game?
2: My 15, calf- 16 a game. Uh, that would be sixteen times three would be 16. 16
5: 3. Yes. Okay. I asked to them. Is it a? Is that greatness? Because back in the day, you'd be like, "Oh my God, that's a that's an insane." Oh, amount you of asked striking. me this question. You texted me this question too. I was sitting in the lawn yeah, chair. Yeah, but you didn't watch it because you were. Yeah, he was at the beach. Is this a greatness? Is this B? Sad, or is this D? C or c yeah. or is i is this c both
2: No, so the answer is both it's great uh let me break it down for you real quick the astros i think
5: it's i think it's b i think it's sad well the trout had like six of
2: them looking uh yes six of them looking without even uh, swinging the bat on the third strike well that's uh, what that's, that's what strike looking well, yeah, is but like yeah, he wouldn't like that's just, that's embarrassing to have that many strikeouts without swinging the bat like uh, on the third strike um, the Astros bullpen is also the best in baseball. So that's one. Their starting rotation is one of the best in baseball. Oh, and wait for it. The Angels strike out more than anybody in Major League Baseball. That's why it's sad. Yeah, but. This is sad. The Astros bullpen, I have the numbers. Their bullpen is, let's see, they have the number one team ERA in baseball at 2.89. Yeah, 2.89. That's the best in Major League Baseball. They have a 210 opponent's batting average overall for their team. That's first in baseball. They have a 2.64 bullpen ERA. That's first in baseball. Uh, what they're doing is great, but what the Angels are doing right now is <laughs> not great. That's why one of my bowing or selling questions, which I'll just give to you right now. Let me, let me pull it up. Let me I, find like the, it.
5: I like the I like the Bobby Witt Jr. or Julio uh, Rodriguez. Rodriguez. Who would I, you take? I take Julio. Look what he's doing
2: with the Mariners. I mean, look, the, look at the Mariners' success with him.
5: What does it matter? Just one year. But get, what's, what's, I mean, ten years if Bobby Witt jr. is like the next alex rodriguez you're gonna look like a fool what if he's the next
2: alex rodriguez though for seattle Well,
5: that's possible but what if he's just an outfielder that hits a couple home runs and like most guys anymore i mean it's not like it's not like julio is not hitting 340
2: no but he's also hitting a lot better
5: than bobby wood jr is i'm just Bobby Witt Jr.'s got great skill set at shortstop.
2: I think I saw a stat today. I could be wrong. If Julio Rodriguez reaches 15 homers and 20 stolen bases, he'll be the first player in the expansion era to get there before the all-star break as a rookie. The what? 15 15 home runs and 20 steals as a rookie.
5: Yeah, because it was him and Trout in the wild-card era to have 20 steals, 20 bombs.
2: Yeah, it's, uh, it's incredible what he's
5: doing. So, speaking of Trout. I mean, the greatness of Clay Wood right here, the greatness, the man that makes this field. Look the way it does. Trout, as you mentioned, Trout struck out
2: seven straight times in the first two games, and then he finally popped out. I think he popped out. Um, he popped out to extend his, in his last about to extend his skid to 0 for fourteen. He's having a good year. He's hitting two seventy two with twenty three homers, forty seven RBI. But that was the second longest slump of the year. The 0 for fourteen. He had one earlier year o for twenty six. Struck out nine times in the series. Buying or selling? Mike Trout is declining. I like to give the dramatic pause there.
5: I am. I. 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 Uh, I am selling that. <laughs> I am. I am going to sell that. And I just wonder now. Have we put Mike Trout on such a pedestal because of analytics that when you start looking at certain numbers and you go well? If he is so great and channeling my inner Chris Mad Dog Russo, why hasn't he led the league in RBIs? Why hasn't he done the all these different you look at the all time greats, if you led home runs or RBIs or you you know, you accumulated a bunch of these stats and you could say this is where he was this yeah, you know, you know, basically Mike Trout has been lumped, his greatness has been lumped into one number. What's that number? War. War. That's where his greatness has been. It's like all the stuff that he does. But then, you know, you can watch games where you'll say, Mike Trapp doesn't throw all that great at a center field. No, he's not a very – he's not a – So that that, that that takes you away from the five-tool guy. Um, Does he steal a ton of bases anymore? No. No. So it's like he is going to be a Hall of Famer. That's already done. Well, there, people already said he could be a Hall of Famer today if he retired. He's got an over 70 war right now. Yeah, it's, it's going gonna, it's to. He's a, he, he's a, he is a creature of – I would say he's a creature of modern-day baseball. He's not going to be the guy that's got 60 home runs, 50 home runs. He's not driving in 140. He's not doing the crazy. But what you're going to do is look at his all-around game. We don't even know how you calculate war, but we're all just accepting that war is a a major stat and really matters, and he is the king of war. So he is an over-70 war now. He is going to be a baseball Hall of Famer. It's just, you know, the question is, you know, is he that, is, is he the upper echelon, you know? When you talk about a player like Hank Aaron, who has 3,700 hits, and over 700 home runs. Is he ever going to be that guy?
2: No, I have his number. I pulled up his number because so I wanted to see. He has an 80 war exactly right now.
5: Well, that's going to put I mean, he's in the Hall of Fame now. If he never yeah. plays again, the he'd be in the Hall
2: 333
5: home. career homers, a 303
2: career batting average, 203 steals, over 1,000 runs scored, 863 RBI, a 1,002, that's 1.002 career OPS, a 176 OPS plus. And uh, the, only, the only blemish on his career is never won a playoff game.
5: It's not all his and fault. Didn't didn't hit in that in those that that sweep to the Kansas City Royals. He didn't hit either.
2: Yeah, his stats in that in that playoff, he was one for twelve in that series with a it was and, a solo and, home and run. That
5: is really tough in baseball to put an entire team on one player. It really is. But at some point, I think there was an article last night, and I was real late, and I was looking at the Athletic where they were talking about. You know, Trout's like, "Hey, we work hard. We do this. We did." But you just see that the Angels just don't have it every single year, and that's why I've brought up the the discussion. I think it's at least legitimate to discuss when you look at Shohei Ohtani on a team that's now 12 and a half games back and 190. It's two home runs. You know, two days later he strikes out 10. You go, "Hey, no one else can do that." But you go, "Wait a minute. When they lost 14 straight." Was that one off the franchise record, or did that tie the franchise record? Uh,
2: that's a good question. I don't remember the. the Whatever. Words. They but lost it was 14 four, straight, yeah. They lost
5: 14 straight. They were hell on wheels. Everybody's talking about them being in the postseason. Otani hit 209 and had two bad starts. He did zero for them in those 14 games. And in those 14 games, you sunk my battleship. Their season was over. Yeah, so when they needed you most, they. They, now that you're hitting two bombs in a game and striking out 10 the next day, your season's over. doesn't matter. When they needed you most, Trout and Otani did nothing during that 14-game losing streak. No, they, they both were bad.
2: Uh, I was going to go somewhere.
5: And some people will say what I'm saying is not fair. But, okay, so Aaron Judge continues to carry his team day after day after day. Well, he doesn't pitch. But, yeah, he's doing it for a team that's winning every day. We were talking
2: about a team. Not to change, but I just got the notification. They were down 5 nothing, and uh, they came back to win the game 7-6 on a Jordan Alvarez solo home run to win it on a walk-off. won again. Down 5 nothing against Kansas City. They came back to win again. They're, they're running. We asked, I asked you the question last time we are here. Buying or selling the AL West is over. That was like two weeks ago. Now it's even, what is it, 13-and-a-half now they lead is over Texas because Texas lost today?
5: Um, okay. Here, I'm going to do something real, real simple for Cody. Called math and history. I'm gonna give you math and history. You're gonna give me outliers. 1973, the New York Mets on July 4th, 1973. Where were you? Uh, negative 15 years. I old. I was
2: one years old. Remember that this team this team went to the World
5: Series. They were in 11 and a half games back. That's the largest anyone has ever been back on the fourth of July and come back to win their division. 11 and a half. Second is your Oakland Athletics. In 2012, the Athletics were 10 and a half games back, and they did the famous comeback to Reel in the Rangers last day of the year. Right now, where we stand, I have the numbers.
2: I can update it for you to after you're done.
5: Mariners came into today down 13 and a half. Now 14. Rangers 13 and a half. Now four. Now it's 14. Fourteen and a half because they lost, and the Astros won. Angels fifteen and a half. Now now sixteen. So your question really should be: Can any of the AL West teams have the biggest comeback in the history of Major League Baseball from July fourth on? And the answer is no. I'm selling. Will not happen. Yeah.
2: The uh, what the Mariners are thirty nine and forty two. They're playing a lot better as of late. Uh, The Angels are 7-under. The Rangers just blew a game today to Baltimore on a walk-off. Wait for it. First time in Orioles history, a walk-off hit by pitch. That's how the Orioles won uh, won the game. Adley Rushman tied it in the ninth. Another impressive rookie. Uh, They've been playing well since he came up. But, yeah, I I think that division's –
5: that one's done. One by – we won't do by – we'll do an over and under. Over and under one home run in the next three days for Matt Chapman. Over. You think it's more than one home run? You know what? Push. I'll say one. He'll get one. No, no, no. Over, under. It wasn't over, under, push. It or was over, over, under. Over. Okay. I'm going under. Okay, let's, we'll see. Let's go. Three days against the, way, the Blue
2: Jays. By the way, Vlady was just taking batting practice. My who? God, Vladdy hits the ball hard.
5: Who? He really
2: does hit the I ball hard. I don't care thing.
5: who your dad is. I don't care if Dante Bichette was your dad. I don't care if Craig Beasley was your dad. Bring it, Blue Jays. No, they're an exciting team. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. the. We used to call them the Baby Jays. They're not babies anymore. i got to get out of here, right? Correct. All right. Thank you for listening, and thank you for watching A's Cast Live. The great Dan Shulman stopped by from the Toronto Blue Jays. We had Steven Piscotty. We had Glenn Kuiper, the face of A's baseball on television. Now, quickly, Ken Korak stopped by, but we're not going to count that because Ken's coming back tomorrow.
2: Correct. We're supposed to have we're supposed to have Chappie tomorrow at some point.
5: That was just like a little warm up set. Yeah. So and Matt Chapman will join us tomorrow. What time's the show tomorrow? Uh, back to our normal time, four to five five twenty ish. Back at four o'clock tomorrow, Matt Chapman, Ken Korak. Who else? Uh, that's oh, hopefully Emo, and Scott Emerson. Thank you, everybody, for listening. What are we going to play here? Uh, the Build with Dave Cavill. The Build with Dave Cavill. Ooh, about the big boat with the port. And I'll be back in about 10 with A's Total Access, brought to by Chevron. Thank you, everybody, for listening and watching to A's Cast Live.
0: The Coliseum has gone by many names, but none better than the Last Die Bar. Hi, everyone. Ken Korak here, and my friends at Last Die Bar are helping us celebrate our longtime home. Last Die Bar is the most unique merchandise for all Oakland baseball fans. T-shirts, sweatshirts, the Ray Fossey line, and my personal favorite, the lights have taken full effect. Visit their website at LastDieBar.com or follow them on social media at Last Die Bar. All proceeds are invested back into the A's Community Fund and their affiliated charities. Go to LastDieBar.com. That's Last Dive Bar,